The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman. Dr. Bill is a TV host, New York Times bestselling author, two-time Guinness World Book record holder, fitness guru, celebrity cosmetic dentist, and philanthropist who founded the Leap Foundation. Here's Dr. Bill. Hey, Dr. Bill here with a favorite mentor. Um, this is so exciting. We're back to like normal. We haven't done this little studio action for a long time, but we had a great and successful week at Leap last week. Normally we get about 450 students. This year we were at 250, which was awesome considering what we were up against with COVID and everything. Next year, Leap will be July 16th to the 22nd and we expect to be in full force so put it in your calendars now we will have awesome speakers this year we had the infamous michael jackson jr prince jackson we had the amazing paula abdul as always amazing we had kevin arusula the uh, beatboxer from pentatonics and a special guest appearance by richard branson he's actually giving our students a pre-release of his newly recorded uh, masterclass, which will be awesome and confidential for those students. So if you had come to Leap, you would have got it. But if you didn't, you a loser. No, not really. <laughs> um, anyhow, it really excites me to introduce you to our next mentor because he met me and our whole team at Leap as a student, came back as a coach, came back as a coach, and then came back as a speaker this year. So Connor Ellison was born and raised in LA and attended Loyola High School. At 16, he participated in LEAP for the first time. Leveraging the lessons and relationships made, he built his first business. Now, a few of them didn't exactly succeed, which he'll talk about in a little bit, but he now finds himself as the CEO and founder of Prager coined the Google Analytics for games. His company closed $2.25 million at a $20 million valuation earlier this month. In addition to his love for business, Connor is also an Eagle Scout and has finished a book that will be coming out later next year called... Uh, Hills. Hills. Connor Hills. <laughs> Connor, thank you for being here. So let's just get right into it. What inspired you to go to LEAP the first time at the age of 16? Uh, that actually, is, the whole reason behind it uh, comes out in the book because I was in a pretty tough spot. So I recommend if, if you're kind of questioning where you are and you don't really have a path paved for you, not a lot of people do early, but um, I was thankful enough. My mom was a dentist and knew of Dr. Bill. So I, I got the opportunity to go when I was 16 years old. and. It made me love to read. It made me a little confident, way more than I was before. And I was really able to build off of that. Uh, I continue to come back to reinforce those lessons, but that the kickstart really, really just changed the trajectory of my life, so. Yeah, and that was amazing. And you know, what people don't realize is it's not pre-dental. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think, oh, I, well, why would I send my kid to leap? Like they don't wanna be a dentist. No, you don't have to be a dentist. You know, but the skills that we teach really teach you how to be successful in life and in business. 100%, and it's not just a one-size-fit-all approach. There's many, many mentors, and you can get a lot out of it depending on what your interests are. 
Um, mine was business and writing, and I found people that really were able to amplify those skills. Obviously, if you're into dental work, you, you have a you have a good place to go, but uh, it's not just defined to that. Yeah, so the first business you started at a leap was what? It was a, it was drop shipping before drop shipping. It was, okay. I was very into going to music festivals and I found these diffraction glasses. And what I did is I got a business plan together, which I learned at Leap, and I had a couple people in my, in my network. It wasn't investors like it is now, <clears throat> but it was family friends who I knew had money and believed in me. So. Uh, long story short, I raised about $3,000. I was able to buy a bulk shipment of the glasses. I pretty much interacted with a point of contact in China and I was able to get them over here. And then I just started packaging them and meeting people and then shipping them out to them. You know, I had a little micro website. I had a couple other unique ways to involve my peers, but long story short, turned that 3000 into 10,000 thought I was on top of the world. And then as all the good things come to the end, my next like six failed. So, well, let's talk about Pogger. Okay. So Pogger is like I said, uh, Google analytics for games. Our thesis is that all of the data in gaming is only available through two uh, spots. And this is from the two biggest companies, Epic Games and Riot Games. And if you aren't in their ecosystem, your data is not being used. And there is, and the way I see it, that's about 5% of the total data in gaming. 95% of it is completely untapped. So we mimicked their developer portals and we built micro ones that any developer can drag and drop into their system and it builds the pipeline to Pogger. So we're able to then get the data from them and visualize it, organize it, and add value to the gamers, the developers, because they understand their community. Uh, the way we like to see it is you're no longer looking at a community of usernames, it's a community of people and their habits. And versus a company like Facebook who is trying to monetize that through buying habits or just kind of like really trying to position how you think. We're just here to make you have more fun when you're online and provide more access. So the thing that scares me is I actually understood what you just said, which really is shocking. So for those of you who are like me and not very game savvy, I'm gonna put this in really easy terms. Basically what they do is they take all of your information for how well you play games to how badly you play games to what your preferences are and they make that that data accessible so that they can connect you with like-minded people and then when you play these games it, it keeps building so you, you just get a, a bigger and bigger profile mm -hmm. which gives you the ability to have more fun and to meet other people like yourself 100 percent. did i do it right yeah that was spot on <laughs> all right there's a lot I, i'm very impressed that was great um and the big thing and is i built this selfishly you know like this is something i wanted when i was younger in the computer lab Dude, that's the best invention. Yeah. I wanted wider teeth and I built Zoom. You know, yeah. I mean, when you see a niche in a market that really hits home, you'll be so passionate about it, right? A hundred percent. I just kind of learned this phrase, Ikigai, and it's uh, the center of four pillars. It's what the world needs, what makes you happy, what makes you money, 
and I'm kind of blanking on the last one, but you get the point. It's it's the center point, and that's really what's the special sauce. I was the sauces. same. I was the icky guy, like that icky gel that you put on your teeth. Icky guy, <laughs> icky guy. I mean, it's amazing, you know? And, and so tell me how you actually monetize this business because, you know, all these kids are watching like, okay, that sounds cool and that sounds fun, but like, I want to make money. 100%. So how do you monetize that? So I'll do it from our business perspective, but it can go down to how you as a gamer can eventually profit and benefit off of it in a, in a financial way. So for us, there's, there's three key phases. The first one is we have to build the pipeline. We have to uh, connect all of these games that have never been connected together. The way I like to visualize this is in the early days when all the cities around the United States were there, they had to build train tracks. They had to right. connect them in order for it to become more efficient. So we're doing the same thing, but in the gaming space. And this way it's in the form of an SDK, a SaaS model. Um, so it's a service as a subscription. So they put our SDK, which is a software developer kit, into their game and based off of the data that they use and that is going through, um, we have our kind of margins based off of what Google's charging, you know, for hosting. Right. That's the first phase and it's not a huge uptake in revenue, you know? I'm, well, I'm saying it's, it'll be a million by 2023, which, right. is, which sounds good, but we're, we have our eyes set on like hundreds of millions. So it goes into phase two, which is all about the consumer. So we have the data coming in and now we can actually add value to you as a player through the profile system because before you could have a profile system but where are you getting the data from how are you showing it right, off right, right. so we do that and we're also not trying to charge the players players pay enough for games right, right, subscriptions right. so obviously there's a, a tier where if you want to like and like kind of get, donate in a sense um, it's similar to discord nitro where we're not going to feature block anything but if you want that extra information if you want faster poll times there's a whole key series of, of benefits for it um, and that's our consumer model we're not really expecting it to go crazy but the third phase is where we consider ourselves a unicorn this is where we have compounding data on players time and time again it's not just one game it's how in a if you're looking at their game history in a pie chart how do they prioritize their time where are they going that information is important to third parties but sure. also in a different way the the world is changing i worked at phase clan and when they're hiring or signing talent along with a lot of the other big games they're doing it off of cloud off of connections off of how much content you can put out because that's what they can like actually see the numbers and metrics for we're allowing you to now see the metrics of gamers from a statistical lens. So you're able to go and find and craft teams that aren't uh, super expensive because you're able to find and identify people as they're coming up. So it opens up a new pipeline, which also provides opportunities to our gamer. The other kind of side, and this is really cool, the college system, like there's esports teams everywhere. How are they gonna filter who they give scholarships totally. to? Yeah, yeah. So no, that's emerging awesome. markets, there's a yeah. whole plethora of things once we have this data mode, but yeah. So one of the things that we really stress at Leap is networking. And you know, it's not always what you know, it's who you know. I am going to a meeting when we finish this with my Tiger 21 group. And in that group is one of our speakers who came to Leap this year. His name is Shurik. Yes. Shurik owns Oxilla. They are a payment platform for in-game purchases of videos. Wow. Right? And so he is in 4,000 of the most popular games. 
and he has 750 different payment platforms. Payment platforms like you're familiar with with Venmo and PayPal and those things. Those are payment platforms. So when gamers are playing games, he actually is generating revenue every time you buy a skin or you do this or you do that. So he actually would have access to all the people that you want to get access to. Yeah, that so, would be a great informational interview yeah. right there. So uh, I'm going to put you guys in touch. So uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, we need this podcast to have more benefits. Yeah, <laughs> and then you can sponsor a bunch of kids for Leap. Oh, I plan <laughs> on it. The second it happens, me and I'll convince my, my investors and my team to really do it because it, it does change lives. It does. So Yeah. Um, so after Prague, it's Pogger. Yes, Prager. sir. After Pogger explodes, what's next for you? So... Um, my team that I built this with, we're still small. So like we just got our investment and we're identifying our key hires, but uh, it was just me and my two co-founders who built this. Um, and we have two other people. So we'll probably build something else. Um, I'm kind of addicted to building for better or for worse. I might go travel a little bit because I didn't study abroad. I graduated early. I worked right out of college, multiple jobs. And I was like, I had my eyes set on getting to this point. And uh, I think I deserve a little rest and relaxation. So I'm gonna do that and then I'll come back and keep building. Um, but I do wanna make one note um, for, I mentioned my small team. I think it's a really, really important thing to come across that when you're partnering with someone, you don't want to have a clone of yourself. You want to have someone that has skills that complement yours in a great way. So I was the business side, like everything on that revolved around me and it was on, it was my, my, my thing. My co-founder, Randolph Arseth, he is a genius in infrastructure and back-end engineering. And my other partner, Gino Kim, he's incredible at front-end and web design. And the three of us were able to completely build our product. We didn't have any money. Like we were just living off a dream, working other jobs while we were doing it. We didn't have to go and pay for a software house or we didn't have to go pay someone else. We could do it. It was up to like just how much time we put in. So I think that's really important for anyone who's going to start a business, like really, find people that compliment you and don't have the same skill sets and do not start it alone. So this is my advice to you. Either start it alone and be the only owner, which is okay, or have three partners like you have. Yeah. Uh, you never want to start a business with your best friend. Yes. It is always a recipe for disaster because anytime you get to a point where you don't agree on something, what do you do? Flip a coin? Yeah. You know? So with three people, you can always settle everything. 100%. So what you did was super smart. Connor, thank you so much for coming and doing this with us. And I look forward to hearing an update at Leap next year. Sign up for Leap. You can actually sign up now. We told the students this, but I'm going to tell you this too. If you sign up for Leap 2023 before August 1st, you will get a really great discount, so you gotta call us to see. All right, Dr. Bill, over now. To learn more about the Leap Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash leapfoundation or on Instagram at leapfoundation. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.